everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Aliza Kelly, and it is such a pleasure to welcome the one and only Scorpio Queen, Violet Benson, on today's podcast. Violet, I thought that we had like a very confident birth time, but as it turns out, we don't. It's okay. We can work with what we have. We're going to get into it. But what we know is that Violet is a Scorpio sun. We think Libra rising. We think Aquarius moon. We're feeling confident about it. I am Aquarius moon. (laughs) Okay, perfect. I love that confidence. Violet is the creator of Daddy Issues and also the host of the podcast, Too Tired to Be Crazy, Meme Queen, everything, just overall very starstruck, very excited to chat with you. Violet, hello. Happy Tuesday. (laughs) Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So the contention around whether or not you are or are not a Aquarius moon is simply because it changes at the exact same time that you're like, is it 630? Is it 645? You were born on the edge of Capricorn moon or Aquarius moon. So like even an hour difference would change the birth chart. But you feel strongly that you're Aquarius moon based on the attributes that you've read about. Yeah, but also because of the time, basically, well, A, I don't have a birth certificate because I was born in a third world country. I was born in Russia. So it's like it's not like it was like on the top of their list to give us a birth certificate. And B, I remember I asked my mom specifically because the pattern like you can't even be on the app the pattern unless you know exactly a birthday but really yeah because it continuously changes like if you don't know exactly your time but my mom said it was still dark outside when i was born so that's how we kind of and she she gave me around the time that's why i'm pretty sure 6 a.m around that but like 6 or 7 a.m but though i think so i think with that the only difference with that becomes um my rising but i just know i'm not a rising scorpio because your rising is the maps you put on that you want other people to see you as and i definitely feel like i come off extra friendly extra extrovert when i meet people and that's when people get so excited to want to be around me but then really my scorpio son is like okay now i need space and i need to be alone <laughs> they're like don't yes, call me yes and honestly that anecdote about like what the sky looked like is really kind of like a critical piece of information because, okay, this is the first time I'm ever doing this in the Stars Like Us history, but I'm going to try to bring up my screen so that you can also see your birth chart from my perspective, um, if that's cool with you. Yeah. Okay. Share screen. Here it is. Okay. Can you see my screen? Yeah. Does it look like my whole computer with my whole desktop showing and it's embarrassing or is it just the screen? Just the screen. Okay, so cool. I can't see, I can't see <laughs> okay, all the perfect, screenshots. Perfect, 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 perfect. That's all I wanted to know. Okay. So for instance, so this is using the 6.30 a.m. time. Um, and we have you as a 29 degree Libra rising. And the sun here would have been beneath the horizon line because this is actually the horizon line. So if the sun was over the horizon line, it oh. would have been light outside or it would have been dawn, like the sun would have been visible. But because the sun wasn't visible, we know that it's beneath the horizon line. So that piece of information is actually like really important. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So basically in Russia, um, the months of November, November and December, it's dark out. So the sun doesn't come out until I think like 9 a.m. So that's how I was kind of able to tell that because my mom said it was still dark out and when I was born. So that's how I was like, okay, so it's definitely not. It has to be before 9 a.m. And then she kind of gave me around like the time that she thought I was born. But like, that's why a lot of people when they're born in Russia, when there's no sun out, like in November, you know how like people always say like Russian girls are really pretty, but they have fucked up teeth. I didn't know they said that, but I love that. <laughs> like Russian models, you'll see Russian models and they're so beautiful, but then their teeth are kind of sometimes messed up. So most likely they're like a, a Libra, a Scorpio or a Sag. And because that means they were born when there's no sun now. It's like I was born with no, with enamel deficiency where I have no enamel on my teeth. And it's literally because I was born when there's no sun out and I was born with a birth defect and I had really bad yellow teeth, like no enamel. And I had, I've had veneers since I was five, which I've talked Whoa. about before. Yeah, but it's part of like being born when there's no sun. So I was lacking vitamin D. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. However, that is very fascinating from like a astrological point of view because Capricorn rules the teeth. So we know, okay, so regardless of whether you're a Capricorn moon or not, you have 
Saturn, which is the planet of it's the daddy planet at zero degrees Capricorn. Zero degrees is like the beginning of a planet's journey through that zodiac sign. It's called one of the critical degrees. So anything that you see in your chart that's at zero degrees has extra, extra importance. So it's like literally, I say this thing called tank, which means there are no coincidences. It's literally the most tank thing that you are sort of like the epitome of like Saturn zero degree daddy energy. And then of course you have built your business using that as like the brand. So it's just, it's very interesting, but Capricorn is, it governs the teeth in astrology. So what does that mean? I don't know. Part of me is like, well, maybe you are a Capricorn moon, but I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to push it. Capricorn moon goes what if it was like 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m., 4.30 a.m. I'm not, I wasn't born in that time. That's how I know. Like, I I think my only mixed up is like my rising that I can't figure out because it doesn't make sense that my rising is... um, Scorpio. So this would be, this is, I changed it. So this would be exactly if you were born at sunrise, if you were exactly born at sunrise, um, you would have had this Aquarius moon at one degree, you would have had a 23 degree Scorpio rising. So this is, it looks like this would have been later than the time that you had given me, of course. So if we go back to the edit chart data, and we put in the right, the time that you gave me, which is 630 a.m. Yeah. Then you are a 29 degree, last degree Libra rising. You are a zero degree Aquarius moon. So if you were born literally at 615, you would have moon in Capricorn because the moon switches at about that, ex- in that same exact hour. I'm definitely higher up. Like okay, cool. my mix up is it whether I was born 630 a.m. or 830 a.m. Like that's my mix up is the the two hour difference of 6.30, 7.30 or 8.30. Like I can't tell. That's, that's my mix up. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. So if you have, which you, we, we know that you now have a Libra rising and an Aquarius moon. This means that you have the same rising and moon as Britney Spears. (laughs) I just want to put that out there as, you know, just a piece of information that you can take, work with, do whatever you need to do with. What's your sun sign? Her son is Sag. Oh, okay. And wait, wait, what did you say? We have the same? You would have the same rising and the same moon as Britney Spears. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Well, I think it's more weird to have a Scorpio sun and Aquarius moon than it is to be a Sag uh, sun and an Aquarius moon. I feel like that makes more sense and to have like a Libra rising. Like it makes sense to me. I feel like if anything, like my chart has more air in it than it does water. And I think that's why sometimes I come off a little different than like other Scorpios. So, yes. I mean, also, if you have uh, Scorpio in the first house, which you do, you have the sun in your first house, that is your sense of self. Like this is a much more visible Scorpio than I think Scorpios are often given credit for. So even though obviously Scorpios love privacy and they love, you know, being able to have to allocate like these are the things that I'm going to share publicly versus these are the things that I'm sharing privately. Because you have Scorpio in the first house, you are also like very much living your Scorpio life publicly for people to see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. So my question for you is how did you like how did you first start exploring your own astrology and then follow-up question is I would love to know about your Saturn return because Saturn is obviously as we know daddy stuff your brand daddy issues I will give you some dates on this your Saturn return was late 2017 so I would love to know what was going on in your life at that time slash did like how does astrology play into your life okay the reason i got into zodiac sign stuff is actually because um i like was doing research on it sarcastically which i do that sometimes where i like i think something is kind of silly like for example like one time i was i everyone was was watching that one movie twilight and i was just like I'll watch it sarcastically because it looks stupid. And then I watch it sarcastically and then I read all the books because I got into it. <laughs> so, so like it's kind of like so it's kind of the same thing. I like I thought of like zodiac signs are kind of silly. So then I because like literally all my exes are not compatible with me now that I 
no zodiac sign stuff. And then I, I, I started to look it up sarcastically because some people wanted me to talk about zodiac sign stuff for my podcast. So then I kind of went along with it and then I, I kind of got into it. And then suddenly, because my brain took in all this information about all the different zodiac signs, because I was doing podcasts for it and I get really deep into research, I remembered it. And then suddenly I started to care. And then suddenly I'd be like, oh, I can never date a Libra. And I'd be like, oh, what's your sign? And I'd be like, no, we can't date because we're not compatible. So then I got kind of into it. <laughs> so I'm pretty into it now. Honestly, I co-sign that Libras are really a hard sign for you. I agree. Yeah. I don't think I, I, I can't. But I feel like I read that you can date people that are like, if if someone's a Libra, but their Venus is in Scorpio, we can potentially date because I'm a Scorpio with my Venus and Libra. Well, the thing that I would be worried about with a Libra sun is that Libra is in your 12th house, which is the area of the chart that is associated with like secrets, hidden things, invisible stuff, psychological things. So oftentimes when someone's sun sign falls in that area of the chart, we are just generally like very paranoid about the relationship. We end up being sort of like we end up bugging about things that may not even actually be existing, but because they are activating and sort of like we are compatible on this psychological, non-physical, you know, like non-really tangible level, it starts to get a little bit dicey. So I try to avoid people from dating in their 12th house because that's usually when people end up like, doing secretive dodgy things with each other. However, what's interesting is that your Venus is in Libra in the 12th house. So it's possible that like you are also drawn to people who fall into that area of your life. Or secretive? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty secretive. So, so. it's, I mean, I think that what, if we knew exactly the exact degree of the time, it would be fabulous. But even without that, knowing that that Libra activates your 12th house, like Libra people are going to make you feel very sort of psychologically, intuitively like what's going on. I There's more to the story. There has to be more. There has to be a reveal. Like there's something that's being held back. I don't date. I've never dated a Libra. I don't care for them. And to be honest, usually Libra girls kind of irritate me. <laughs> like not like some of them are great but a lot of times i'm just like what are you up to what's great yeah i guess i'm like what are you up to what's going on i just feel like i'm always like there's just like they move a lot and they're just so outgoing and so, I, I mean so am i usually things that you get irritated by other people are a characteristics that you have in yourself so it's like i have those characteristics so maybe i can't handle like someone else being as outgoing as me i don't know but like normally like i don't have libra girlfriends <laughs> I I also am like not surprised that you don't too because that the way that it illuminates your chart would not be in a way that would make you feel safe. However, Aquarius is like very 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 good for you. I love Aquarius yeah. for you. I love Aquarius as a sun sign. I love someone with an Aquarius Venus in particular because if you're an Aquarius moon, someone with an Aquarius Venus is going to be like, "Oh, I'm so attracted to the way that Violet needs to take care of herself." That's sweet. Um, I actually am more drawn to like, I, a lot of my friends are Sagittarius or Aries. I think I do have some Aquarius friends. Like I'm always more drawn to, and like I have Leo friends, Leo guy friends. So like, I'm always more drawn, I would say to like fire signs. Cause I, I resonate a lot with my Scorpio sun and my Aries Mars. And I feel like that's like both are really strong in my chart or just in my personality. So I definitely resonate with those two signs like a lot. And um, then dating wise, it's hard for me to actually date water signs. Well, Aquarius is an air sign. I no, no, I know. But I was just thinking of water signs because I'm Scorpio. So I should be dating water signs. Not necessarily. I mean, you do have a lot of water in your chart, but. Sometimes what happens when there's too much of the same element is that it gets kind of like, especially with water, it gets kind of murky. Like, for instance, I was on this podcast, which was hosted by a Cancer and a Scorpio, and it was all about how they're both perpetually single and how they are unhappy to be perpetually single. And I was like, you guys know that you're like enabling each other in this. Like, you are not going to meet someone if like you are building your whole brand around being perpetually single. And they were like, whoa, like never thought about it like that. But that's like two water signs. We're like, I'm in my feels. I'm in my feels. So sometimes I do think it's really good to have 
different kinds of energy um, activate different areas. And yes, I'm obsessed with your Aries Mars. I'm so envious of an Aries Mars. My stupid ass Virgo Mars like is so meticulous, is so like, man, it has to be perfect. Like I can't do it. It has to be everything has to be right. An Aries Mars that's just like, let's just go. Let's do the thing. I mean, that's literally what you said when we started. You're like, let's just start recording. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I love <laughs> Aries Mars. Obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. But also like I read about Aries Mars and how like, well, I also read about how Aries Mars are in when it comes to love, even though it's my passion. And it just said like how I like when men pursue me and all these things. And I'm like, oh, that's so true. And I am very unpredictable. I am very, I, I kind of like my motto is ask for, for I rather like ask for forgiveness is kind of my motto. Like I rather do something and then deal with the consequences later. That's always been high in life. Like I've always been a rebel growing up and I still am right now. And I feel like a lot of times even in dating, you can throw off guys because I'm very very unpredictable and like I can be hot and cold because I feel like of my other signs or just my personality and then suddenly my areas will come in come out and I'll be like should we just make out right now like or like <laughs> let's do this and then I'll be like what I thought you hated me and I'm like well not right now like I just want to have fun <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your Saturn return a little bit um if you can go back in time to late 2017 um Saturn would have just entered Capricorn it would have been exactly activating your natal Saturn at zero degrees Capricorn. So this is like December 2017, January 2018. That was like the crux of your Saturn return. Um, I would say 2017 was around the time that I publicly came out as daddy issues. I wasn't anonymous anymore, um, I think. So maybe that's where my career was changing a little with daddy issues or was that when I got really depressed? <laughs> was it that time or was it when I was really One depressed? of those. Because <laughs> I, did, I did battle with depression sometime into, it could have been actually when I was like my most depressed self. Would that make sense? Yeah, it would. Yeah, I think I I struggled with like depression. I, I couldn't understand yet because I didn't understand my emotions yet fully. I think I've... I, I battled depression and I like gained weight towards the end of that year. And then I would say like, like it took me a couple of months to figure out like what's happening. And then I finally like came out of it. Yeah. I think that actually that makes sense. Cause I have a depressed, I have an episode on my podcast about depression and I read a poem that I wrote. And I think the poem was the end towards the end of 2017. And it was just about like, I remember I didn't know I was depressed until I came home and I sat down and I wrote a poem. And then when I read the poem afterwards, like the next morning, I was looking at it and I was just like, I don't recognize this person because this person sounds like so depressed, mm -hmm. so suicidal. And I was like, is that like, I was just like, holy shit, like I am depressed. Like, how did I not realize that? And then I remember I told my mom about it. And then once I told my mom and I've talked about it on my depression episode is that because I hold everything in and I'm sure a lot of other people are like that too. But the minute you say something out loud, it's no longer, you're no longer a prisoner to that secret. So once yes, you say that's it, true, that it's free. So I felt depressed and I was holding it all in. And then once I said it to my mother, it was like a relief, like, like I'm not a prisoner to depression, like depression, it doesn't have to be a part of me anymore. And then I, um, I got better because I worked through it. And that was probably one of the lowest times of me. I feel like I've had other low times, but I'm, I tried really hard to better understand. I, I would say that's where some of my Capricorn or Aquarius, I don't know, some of my stuff get, goes in, but like, I'm very, I try to under, I need, or oh, it's actually my Aquarius. I need to understand the logical meaning of everything I feel. Like, I just like, I get emotions, but I need the logical understanding. Like I can't even, even if I'm, even if someone hurts me, I need to sit back and understand why they hurt me, where it's coming from logically in order for me to get over it. So it's the same thing with depression. Like one day I sat down and I was like, okay, I need to do more research about it. Especially before I did my too tired to be crazy episode about depression. Like I don't want to be sad anymore. That's the name of the episode. I think that was that one. And it was like, and then I, I did so much research and I found out like, okay, you can be, you can feel, you can be sad. You can feel depressed and then you can be depressed. So it's three different categories. And now throughout my life, after 2017, I kind of now, whenever I'm feeling down, I will analyze myself to better understand like, okay, what am I feeling right now? Am I depressed? Okay. Am I depressed? 
Did I get out of bed the last two days? Have I smiled? Because it's like those little things that you think are not a big deal. They are. Because if you're very depressed, you haven't gotten out of bed. Like getting out of bed is a mission. So I was like, okay, no, I have been. Like I've been in bed a lot, but I have gotten out of bed. Okay. Have I laughed or smiled at all? And then it's like those moments like, wait, I have laughed the last couple of days. Okay. So I'm feeling depressed. I'm not depressed. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's more hope. And then I just go to being sad and then I'm happy. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. So in 2017, when you were like, when these feelings were surfacing for you and you were starting to work through them, I think from an astrological perspective, what's interesting is that this is ultimately you becoming your own person and you growing up, you sort of like differentiating self from where you come from. But what's interesting, especially about at least the timeline that I am familiar with in your story is that daddy issues and your success came pre-Saturn return. You were doing that before you were 29 is when you were you were already like building your daddy issues empire by the when you were in your 20s. So then come Saturn return, which is when you have to sort of isolate like what is what I want versus what did I, what am I reacting to that I thought that I wanted? That's really what the differ, the differentiation is and the deviation between thinking like, okay, how do I do stuff that I think I'm supposed to be doing versus how do I do stuff that I really feel inspired to do? Yeah. Well, I think like, if I really think about it, I think maybe 2017 was also the the year where the Viner started to take over Instagram. And I think before that I was, well, A, I would say the reason I probably got famous and popular in the internet before the Saturn thing came through and I knew who I was is because Leonardo DiCaprio quoted this. I forgot what the quote is, but he said something about like, people want to see you kind of at your worst mm-hmm. in a way. And I think, I think a lot of times the people who do get popular or famous are usually people who are going through problems because it much, it's much easier to admire someone that it makes you feel better about your own life. Cause like they don't have their shit together. And as much as people sit there and they want to pity some celebrities are going through stuff the reason they like those celebrities so much is because they don't have their shit together and it makes you feel like your everyday life is not as boring or it's not as bad. So I think the reason I was able to become popular is because I I was looking, searching who I was as a person. I was a mess and all that. And it kept, a lot of people could relate and a lot of people could feel better about themselves. So, cause I think if I, if I would have started off like right now where I'm more sure of myself, it would irritate a lot of people. Instead, I think the reason I'm able to have the fan base that, that I do and like the amazing Daddy Issues team and like Daddy Issues family that I have is because a lot of these people got to go through the whole growth process with me where I didn't know who I was. Daddy Issues was my alter ego. Then eventually I became Daddy Issues. I was like, I... I am daddy issues. And then as the years went by, I felt like I have outgrown daddy issues again. And she became my alter ego because I'm so much more grown than her now and like more confident and know who I am. But it also comes in when you turn 30. Mm-hmm. Like that really helps too. But yeah. <laughs> that was like later down the line, not 2017. But yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and totally. Like I think that it's really sort of in that same vein. Like it's really interesting to build your business, build your popularity, build people's impression and experience with you based on uh, you as sort of like an unwhole person, right? Like you as still very fragmented and being like, oh, this is an alter ego, but now I am this alter ego, but now I'm not this alter ego. So how do you reconcile these things today? Like on the other side of 30, on the other side of Saturn return, how do, how does like daddy issues show up in your life in a way that feels healthy for you? Um, I would say in a way that I'm aware now that I don't have to put on a mask every day. I think especially a lot of people, when you, when you play a role on TV, it's something that they have to be like, okay, wait, I'm not this role. And you have to snap out of it. I think it's the same thing when you have an online persona, you eventually, like, I think when I was younger, I was constantly daddy issues where even when I, I didn't know how to turn it off. So I would act toxic. And a lot of things I found funny because I'd be like, oh, I can write about this later. And I didn't understand that I'm dealing with like regular human emotions and it's not funny in real life. Like things that are funny on the internet, they're not funny in real life sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think it took me a while to kind of be like, how do I turn this off? And it was like a whole struggle for me throughout the years to kind of figure out when I'm working and when I have to turn it off. And I feel like now as I've grown more as a person, daddy issues, I can separate it. She's my alter ego. And it is hard though. Like even my podcast persona now is kind of a lot 
who I am, to be honest. I sometimes it's conflicting to me where I can't figure out who I am. Like, am I this therapist? That's all like I'm like this therapist person for my podcast. So sometimes I can go out and then people are drawn to me. And then suddenly I sit there and I listen to their problems and I take on their emotions and I try to help them and I'm drained from it. Or I'm like, am I daddy issues where it's like this fun outgoing person? And it's really hard to be honest sometimes to be an online persona because I, I am a very intuitive person and like, um, I think about everything. I'm an overthinker. So I, sometimes I take on other people's emotions or I take on my job's emotions. And then sometimes I have to sit and I have to be like, who do these emotions belong to? Are they mine? Are they someone else's? Is it my work's emotions? And I have to like separate it all. I hate being an overthinker. I get really jealous of people that are not because I'm like, their life must be so much easier. I, my mom always says that people who are not as smart have a much easier life. I would, I would probably say that's true. You don't stress as much. I think about everything. Mm -hmm. Well, that, I mean, I can imagine that that's really, really hard, especially because you're dealing with people projecting their shit on you all day long. And I'm very intuitive and I take on other people's emotions and I've had friends before that I've had to stop being friends with them. And they were very negative or constantly intense with me because I would say like you don't understand I'm taking on all your emotions and so I remember my friend and I just had a recent breakup and she's in Aries but she has so much water in her chart which is actually overwhelming for me because she has so many feelings and I'm a little more logical when it comes to Mm -hmm. feelings I'm just so detached from my feelings it takes me a while to process them like my Aquarius moon also being Russian and daddy issues (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah, we kind of had a falling out because she was always so intense and she's going through stuff, which I could tell she just doesn't know she's going through it yet. I tried to explain it to her. She took it personally. And I was like, okay, I guess it's, it's up to you to figure it out. But I was like, you're so intense all the time. And you, um, and she was like, why can't, if I tell you something, why can you just like hear it and then let it go? And I was like, cause that's not who I am. And every time you tell me something, you're complaining or your intensity with me, I take on your emotions and then I have it in me. And it's like, those are not my emotions. I shouldn't be carrying all your emotions all the time. And I don't know how to separate that. Like, I don't, I haven't figured out yet how not to take on other people's emotions. Well, it's, I mean, in, for, in my experience, because I'm a Pisces moon, I'm really intuitive. And obviously my work is working with clients and talking about astrology and talking about like really, really intense stuff. And I love to do that work. But that work is also very traumatizing for me because that work ultimately came because my mom is an addict, you know, so like I had to learn how to be with someone and sit with them and be like, okay, let me absorb all of this so that you could just be normal for a minute, which is obviously not like sustainable. And when I have burnt myself out before, it's when I have just consumed emotions, consumed stories, consumed narratives and didn't process them and metabolize them. And you honestly like it ends up taking shape in your body. You can see someone who has not metabolized other people's emotions because they're really swollen, like they're really inflamed weight or not weight. It's like the water weight actually really is the it's such a sign of carrying other emotions that don't belong to you. So like obviously like you know what sounds really bullshit but like movement is really important and like carving out time to be like okay I am dedicating 30 minutes to just like meditate, breathe, sit at my altar, think about things, light some candles and like use your sort of like mind's eye to visualize the energy moving through you. But it has to be a routine, just like everything else, like just in the same way. Like if you go to the gym once, you can't be like, oh, my God, I have a fucking six pack. Like, duh, of course, you're not going to. If you only do it once, it's not a practice. You know, it has to be ritualized in order for it to be a practice. But if you're someone who I mean, I think that anyone who has a large Internet persona, but also just anyone who is in the public eye, like I highly recommend that as a practice in general, but especially because I'm sure that you're like. It's an onslaught of people dumping shit on you and you're trying to like parse through it. But obviously you're still getting that that's still like percolating and like being penetrated into your psyche, I would imagine. Yeah. And because it takes me because of my Aquarius moon where I'm detached, it takes me a while to process it all. But I completely agree. I, I like as you're talking, my brain, I'm thinking I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel emotionally drained because I'm like, well, I want to help everyone, including even when people are mad at me or even when people are wrong and people have hurt me and everyone's like, stop talking to this person. They're terrible. I sit there and I'm like, 
I need to understand logically what they're going through. And then I even that way subconsciously take on their emotions because I just like, I just believe in my life, I'm meant to help people, but I think sometimes I forget to take care of myself because I'm so focused on wanting to help everyone else. So like, I still respond to a lot of DMs where I give advice and I even send voice notes to people on DMs to like help. And then with people in my life also, I'm just like, okay, how can I help them? And then I think like, as I think about it right now, like I am emotionally drained and I like that we, you said the movement thing, cause I probably haven't been moving as much because now I just feel like I need to disconnect so much more often than usual mm. where I just like watch a TV show or I just do a puzzle and I'm not even on my phone because I just need my mind to be blank, but I've been doing it more often than usual the last like two weeks, which I didn't realize until right now as I'm sitting and thinking about it. So I need to like snap out of it. Yeah. And also, of course, with your Mars and Aries, like movement is like really, really important, you know, because it's literally Mars is your energy center. And the sign that it's in is how you process that energy. So like doing Aries things like (laughs) <laughs> like doing competitive things is really important. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so competitive. <laughs> yeah. It's really important. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's, I, I love competition. I think competition is a really great way of feeling like, obviously like toxic masculinity competition is a different story. You know, don't come for me listeners, but I think that finding things that you could be safely competitive is a really good way of like setting goals and caring and like directing your energy into things that you can, feel more that you have more control over than the things that you don't have control over oh I'm I'm only competitive when I'm talking about competition like I love it I mean like games and things like that I'm not competitive when it comes to like success I'm more competitive with myself I actually have this thing which I think it's really good that a lot of people don't have where it's very tunnel vision. So when I want to succeed in anything in life, including when I was an accountant, it was very focused on telling me I see no one else except me and my goals. And I'm only competitive with myself every single day. And I'm the hardest on myself. And even in accounting, when um, a lot of my, some of my coworkers, the females in my job, really hated me and were bullying me. And that's one of the reasons I created daddy issues and I stopped being an accountant. It was, I remember I was sitting with one of my partners. I was in public accounting and I was like, I don't understand why they hate me. I don't even notice them. I'm just so focused on working hard. And he was like, Violetta, that's the problem. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly why they would hate you. And I was like, oh, like, I'm just doing my own thing. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to become, I want to be a partner. And he was just like, yeah, but like, they didn't, apparently I I'm understanding and now like, I think some of the managers, the managers of my f- job were like, uh, senior accountants. That's a step before manager. I guess maybe they didn't feel as respected. Cause I jumped straight to like working with senior managers and, and partners. Cause it's like, that was my goal to become one. And I guess I didn't, I skipped through respect, showing as much respect or sucking up to the girls who were like a, a level or two above me. Because I was just so, I'm so tunnel vision. You know, I think that people who are tunnel vision are usually the ones who are able to just get from point A to point B a little bit more seamlessly because wasting your time, like worrying about what other people are doing and trying to deal with like the niceties of like, you know, socially fitting into those environments and dealing with the social politics is literally a waste of energy. It is like truly, truly like siphons energy. Yeah. But I thought it was my Scorpio son where I really don't like gossip. Uh, I find it boring. Like usually even I, I would say I have a lot of masculine traits as well. Like when it comes to even communicating, usually the, the men that I date, I have a little more emotions than I do. Like I have emotions, but I process them differently. And like, like even with a lot of my girlfriends, they love to gossip, which I understand people quote unquote say it's very female thing. But like, if someone t- tells me something, usually they need advice. I'm like, I- I'm assuming it's a plan of action. Like A, it's hard for me to understand sometimes when people vent to me because I'm like, okay, like for example, one time my sister called me and she was complaining about some girl. And as she's complaining, I DM that girl. And I was like, hey, why are you being rude to my sister? My sister, as in she's talking, I'm like, oh, don't worry. I took care of it. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I just DM'd her. And she's like, what? Oh my God, why would you do that? Delete that, delete that. And I was like, wait, I'm confused. Why are you calling me then? And she's like, to vent. And I'm like, but what's the plan of action? Like how we fix that? And she's like, V, sometimes people just need to vent. There's no plan of action. And that took me a while to process that part. Because for me, I don't even, I don't tell anything to anyone unless I need help with something. I just keep everything to myself. So like, and so when my friends sometimes call me and they're like, well, she said this and she said that. It's so hard for me to process. I just get bored and I'm just like, okay, babe, I'll call you later. Because to me, it just feels like empty conversation. So 
I do think it has to do with my Scorpio son, right? Where I just don't care for gossip. Yeah. And I would say this is another good argument for your Aquarius moon because Aquarius, the last four signs of the Zodiac, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces are not concerned about like gossip. They're not concerned about like little, small, like, you know, bullshitty information and details. They're thinking on a higher level and not, you know, for any listeners who are in the first group, it's not that you're not thinking on a high level. It's just that it's it's different. You know, like the way that information is processed when you're in Aquarius is you're thinking big picture. You're thinking, okay, well, what is the macro implications of this? Like, what does this actually mean in the grand scheme of things, as opposed to like getting kind of like caught on like having your shirt get caught on something and you're like, oh, like it's stuck here. It's like, no, just take the fucking shirt off. Like, stop worrying about it. It's not it's not going anywhere. So Aquarius moon, my best friend is an Aquarius moon. I love Aquarius moons. I, I, what I have observed with being with my best friend and then also with my clients with Aquarius moon is that it's a very much as you're describing, it's a very cognitive experience to process emotions. Emotions are processed cognitively. They're processed on a cerebral level. So it's like making sense of like the whys and all of the question words really like who, what, where, when, why, and like getting the full scope of information is how you process your emotions. So when you're, when someone is coming to you and they're like, blah, 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 this person, this bitch, whatever, whatever. And you're like, but what is like, what is the real root of what you're trying to tell me? And they're like, nothing, just this Aquarius moon is going to be like, I don't know what to do with this. I have no, there's no function (laughs) for me to emote with you. Yeah. I just, I've never cared for gossip. It's more, I'm more focused. Like this is taking away from my me time. or there's a plan of action, or I will look more deeper. Like if someone comes to me and they're like, she's so loud and that irritates me, blah, blah. I would just be like, okay, so do you know that you're projecting? Like most likely it's a trait you don't like about yourself, which is sometimes you're probably loud in situations you don't need to. And that's probably why you don't like that part right now about this person. So if anything, there's nothing really to do with that person. You don't hate them. It's something you don't like about yourself. So like you should probably work it, work it out. And I feel like if I say that to a friend, they'll be like, shut the fuck up. Can we just like be like normal girlfriends? I I totally hear you. I, I am am the same way. I mean, because I feel like I recently took this, I was with a hypnotist and she did this sort of like uh, breakdown of like, how do you receive information? And one of the things that she said to me is she was like, oh, you take everything really literally. (laughs) I was like, I guess I do. Like when someone tells me something, I take it super literally. And if someone is like, I am really depressed. I'm like, okay, call to action. How are we fixing this? What are we going to do? Like, hey, what's I need your to son? Out. I'm a Leo. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think maybe it's a fire sign. Cause at one time I did it in Aries and like, he took everything I said, literal. If I'm like, oh, let's hang out. He was like, oh, right now. And I'd be like, wait, no. I meant like in a couple of hours. He's like, why are you texting me right now then? And I'd be like, what? <laughs> well, that's really Aries. That's really, really Aries. I love that. <laughs> I was like, if I made a joke or something, like something that I think is funny, he would take it personally. Or like anything I said, it was always so literal. And I was like, oh, wow. Like every, like he's very literal. That's interesting. I, I think it could be, maybe it's a fire sign thing. Well, I feel like for me, it is a traumatized thing of being in like a very weird household growing up where everything was like very fantastical and like not like concrete. So then when someone would say something, be like, are you serious or are you kidding? Like, I need to know if this is literal or not or else I cannot compute it. I'm also like, as I said, a Pisces moon. So I'm really, really sensitive. So before I like turn on my sensitivities, I need to know, like, is this worth the floodgate opening? (laughs) Because if it is not, then like you're, you don't want to know, like you don't want to know how much emotion I'm about to feel. So I need to like measure. I'm also Capricorn rising. So it's like measuring all of that. Yeah. You can, you got to come off like a Capricorn for sure. I didn't (laughs) remember like the way you dress, I feel like is more Leo because it's like, you're dressed so fancy and cute and you're like, look at me, which is very Leo. Very but then the Leo. way you're acting is Capricorn. But then when you talk about all these emotions, I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like Pisces moon. I would say like, I kind of wish I had more water in my chart where, cause like my, I only have two waters in my chart and that's Scorpio. You have more water in your chart than that. I do. Yeah. Well, you have your North node in Pisces. So you, and North what? node is your destiny. It's what you're going oh. towards. So you're going towards like, this intuitive, mystical, spiritual 
Uh, and it's in your fifth house of creativity. So it's like you become you embedding your creative work with more of that intuitive lens. And then you have what I would say is also really important for you to know is you have Chiron, which is the wounded healer in cancer, which is the sign associated with the mother. And it's in your ninth house, which is about like long distance things, things that are far away. So this yeah. could be something also about like your background, being born in Russia, now living in the United States, like how like it could be something about how international your experience has been. Um, but it's a, it's about cancer, which is about the home. So it's like, where do you what does home mean for you? How do you satiate yourself with nurturing yourself like vis-a-vis -vis being your own mother? You know, maybe this is like mommy issues. <laughs> like maybe no. your, maybe your growth is like moving it from the daddy issues to the mommy issues, not in like a your mommy okay. issue, okay. but of like you mothering yourself and embracing yeah. what it means to like sort of nurture yourself. That's sweet. Yeah. But it sucks because if I change the time right now with you, the houses would change. Um, some of these things would change and some of them wouldn't. I feel like that part sucks. It depends then, on how much the time would change. I think there's like a three-hour gap that I can't tell which one. So that sucks. So then remove the the house aspect from it and focus just on the planet and the placement okay. because that it won't change. So like you do have a north node in Pisces for That's sure. Sweet. You I love that. Have, you do have Chiron in Cancer for sure. That's sweet because I mean that makes me feel like maybe that song a little softer and I try to understand people's feelings because before I look at my regular chart and it just seems like I don't really have like the emotional signs and then I was just like oh man am I just really harsh but that makes me happier to know and I think I am I mean I do believe my destiny is to be a healer where I can heal and help other people I am very intuitive and I take on other people's emotions I understand people's emotions and like I'm not saying I have any psychic abilities I'm not going into that but I do feel like sometimes I can feel other people and that there's been moments that I feel really connected to somebody where if they're going through something and they're having a bad day I'll reach out and be like hey is everything okay and it's been also twice before where I had a dream that somebody passed away and then when I woke up they died really twice yeah two times mm -hmm. that's a pretty significant track record <laughs> <laughs> and I've had also times where something was about bad was about to happen to me and then suddenly has some intuition where, which i think is my grandma watching over me has some and which i think was a cancer so that's what probably was Whoa, so interesting and there's been times where there's this one time where i literally was going to die if i didn't get off the freeway and every day i was taking the freeway i was working i was interning in the da's office so every day i was taking the freeway to go to downtown and my car was just fixed, by the way, but like, I just assumed they did a great job. It was my transmission. And then it was the first time and I've never taken the hills before. And it was the first time that my brain something, something was like, get off the freeway and just take Laurel Canyon. And it was this like intuition, this feeling. And I don't know who was telling me this, but it was just like, why don't we just take the Canyon? And I was just like, no, like, so I passed cold water. And then again, I feel it. And it's like, just get off the freeway. And I was like, ah, fuck it. Like, I'll just go take the Canyon today. I got off the freeway, at Laurel Canyon. And as I, uh, it was like half a mile to get to the Hill. And as they drove up the Hill, my transmission broke and I started to go backwards. <gasps> so I was just like, so every time I pressed the gas, it would go backwards. So I had to like I freaked out and had to pull my car into somebody's driveway, but like half of my, the ass of my car was even out. So people were like honking, having to go around me, but that was so much better. That's how I lived versus had I stayed on the freeway, I would go backwards on the freeway and I would die. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Cool, I mean, right? I would say, so first of all, like all of the examples that you're giving to me, I would, you could say it's highly sensitive. You could say it's intuitive, but I would just say that sounds like psychic shit because I think for some, I think psychic is very stigmatized. I think whenever people think of psychics, they think of con artists, but like con artists exist in every industry, not just the psychic industry. Being psychic is just having additional sensory awareness. You know, it's going beyond just the five senses to be able to receive information. So the fact that things are showing up in your dreams or that you have this like sort of, I don't know, like this inner guide being like, do this instead of that. Like all of that is having 
extrasensory abilities. And all of that means that you are psychic. But it has to do with being a water sign. Because like I know Pisces is very strong for Pisces to have psychic abilities. And obviously I'm not a Pisces, but I think it has to do with being a water sign. Yes. Water signs are generally like considered more intuitive, but it also has to do with even just the way that your chart is architected. You know, it has to do with like how different things respond uh, in different ways. You know, like I am really intrigued by the fact that your Pluto in Scorpio is exactly trying your north node in Pisces like that's going to amplify that you know like you trusting your intuition and learning how to work with your magical powers for what it's worth like is actually um the more that you dial that up the more that you're going to be in alignment with how to become the highest version of yourself okay because okay. pluto is transformation so it's like large, long-term transformation. And it just so happens that you have Mercury and Pluto conjunct, which means at the same place in your chart. So Mercury is how you communicate. So this is exactly why communicating your truth, communicating like words are power to you. That's what abracadabra means. It actually means I speak as I say. It's like an ancient Aramaic spell. So for you, that is true. Like words are power. You have the ability to like create and destroy based on the way that you use your language create and destroy based on the way I use my language. Yeah. I mean, if my Mercury is in Scorpio, so I feel like Scorpios can sting definitely. (laughs) So I feel like when I was younger, I definitely knew how to sting someone. I don't do that now. Yeah, but it doesn't even need to be like the destruction process doesn't need to be negative. Like it could be like, Okay. okay, I've it could be literally you being like, I don't want to I, you know, I've created a monster or like, I don't like this product or I don't like what I've done here. Like, I need to t- take this down to build something better. You know, it it doesn't have to be to harm others. I would say it's never to harm others. That's usually just like when we're younger and we fuck around and we don't know our power. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I just wish I knew. Uh, I keep looking at my chart. I just wish I knew exactly the time I was born. I feel like that kind of ruins it. I mean, it's it sucks to not know the exact time, but honestly, like that piece of information about it still being dark is like I have done so many charts based on like anecdotal information like that to be able to piece things together. Yeah, because like I'm like because if I was born in a nine thirty and that's actually my chart, then um I'll, I would have Sagittarius in my first house and I would have Venus in Libra in my 10th house. And I feel like that changes everything. Yeah. And you would have the sun in your 12th house, which is like an extremely psychic placement. Oh, that makes sense. So that's, <laughs> You're yeah. like, I'm that one. I'm that one then. <laughs> okay. So I would love to, as we are preparing to wrap up, I would love to pull a, a card for you. That is one of the yes. things that I do on the show. Yeah, let's do that. So there are two options. One is my preferred option. And then the other one is another option, but I don't like it. The first option is that I pull a card specifically about something that you want to know about. So like things that are things you have a question about. The second option is that I just pull a card and we see what it is. A little less exciting for me. First option is better. Obviously, I want it. Let's do love. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, any more specific info about love? Like, like what does love mean for you right now? Um, I would say I want to do love regarding like my soulmate because I feel like I'm always just like getting over someone. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I'm very Libra when it comes to love in a way that like every time I just love the idea of love and I'm very and I try to make it work with like anyone and sometimes I have to be like uh wait do I even like this person I just love love because like yesterday or two days ago I sat about a guy and then my friend literally had to sit with me and be like, V, a week ago, you were sad about a different guy. So you mm-hmm. don't actually care about this guy from today. And I was like, oh, right. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see if there is my actual like partner that's supposed to be like my person is coming in the near future or anytime, or maybe they're in my life. Cause I'm just kind of tired of dating the wrong people. Totally. Okay. So what I'm understanding and maybe what we could do is what do you need to know about the person who is going to be the one who really shows up in your life in a meaningful way? Does that sound good? Or what energy do you want to be connecting with to invite the person who shows up in a meaningful way? 
Yeah. Can I know their zodiac sign? <laughs> mm, no. Well, no. maybe. Actually, maybe. We'll see what the cards say. It might be uh, very literal. Well, have I met them already? Is it someone I haven't met yet? Is it coming anytime soon? What, like, where do I need to be in my life to accept that type of like connection? So the two options here are we could either do what is the person like, or what do you need to be like in order to meet them? Which one sounds I'm perfect. Okay. I'm great. I am and I'm working myself. So I don't want to do like how I need to change for this person. Like, no, I need them to love me for exactly how I am. So I would love to know what this person is like. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Okay. Okay. Do you want me to work with pile one, pile two, or pile three? Pile three. Perfect. Okay. So let's see. What is this person like? What should we be looking out for? What is the energy that we need to know in order to be able to really know that this is the real deal and not just another bullshit waste of energy? Sound good? Yeah. In my head, I'm like, should I have done pile two? (laughs) <laughs> Should I have done pile no, three. pile three is okay. fabulous. You love pile three. I love pile three. Lit. Okay, we got the seven of swords. So this is an interesting card. And I kind of want to clarify it because first of all, this is I, for me, I associate this with Libra. And we've already said that and we already talked about it. I don't really like Libra for you. Um, this is also a card of somebody who is, you know, they're, they're being a little bit shady right now. Um, So I'm not sure why we got this card. Is this someone who might be in your life right now who's being a little bit shady, who's channeling a lot of, who's like you're directing a lot of energy to? I mean, yeah, I think I feel like I get that card a lot. You do? It's kind of annoying. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there's someone who you're talking to you shouldn't be talking to. There's someone who's wasting your time and who is blocking you from being able to meet someone, I think. Because okay. that's when I get this card, that's this is like a card of like someone is siphoning your energy. And so that that's what the tarot deck is telling me is that this there's yeah. a siphoning of energy happening. Maybe, probably the guy I stopped talking to yesterday or two days ago. You just stopped talking to him? Yeah. Oh, okay, perfect. Good. <laughs> that I think that on the other side of that person. So that was the first thing that the deck needed to tell me. So you told me I made the right decision for walking away because he's just wasting my time. Totally. Perfect. Great totally. to know. Totally. We, can we do another card? Yeah. I just feel like I'm really yeah, unhappy. We can. Okay. So now that we know that there is a person, well, you know, the tarot tells me information that like I didn't otherwise have. So like I didn't know that there was someone who was just out the door. So that's why we got that card is because I needed to understand that. Okay. Yeah. Let's let him go. So now that this guy is gone, what gone. is coming next? And what like in a positive way, like what should we be focusing our energy on coming next? Ooh justice. Okay. So interestingly, this is another Libra energy card. Uh, so I guess we cannot rule out Libras for you right now. Well, we can also say it's, no, it's because my Venus is in Libra. That's right. Why don't That's we true. focus on that? True. Um, but when I, when I see this card, this is definitely somebody who is, this is someone who's serious. This is someone who is no bullshit, They have like a very stable job. They have a very stable sort of like life. Like they are not in the process of figuring themselves out. They already have figured themselves out. Maybe they have already even like been married. Maybe they have like gone through a relationship where they had to learn a lot and now and like work out all of like the kinks. And now they are ready and they are like very sort of firm in what their belief system is. They have a very strong moral compass. So I think what this also means is that, and the reason that we got these two cards is because if this guy was still around, this guy would not tolerate it. You know what I mean? Like this guy would be like, do not, like if you're talking to this person, you're not actually ready to meet me. So this is the card that's saying like, when you are really ready to meet someone who is like on like serious, he's going to be there, but you also can't have you know, seven of swords waiting in the wings. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get the justice card a lot. So it's like clearing out all of the bullshit so that you can actually like, because this guy is going to be like, oh, are you talking to anyone else? And you're going to have to say, no, I'm not. And then they're gonna be like, okay, great. You're actually interested in trying to make something work. This person does not want you to have like feet in multiple doors. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And then let's pull one more card just to get a sense of, do you know this person already or is it someone new you're going to meet? Okay. Oh, it's such a cute card. It's one of my favorites. Here we have the six of cups. It's like literally puppy love. This is someone who definitely has a crush on you already. I'm not sure if you know them, but it's someone about your same age, too. It's not someone significantly older or younger. It's a peer. Okay. So it's someone who who admires you already, um, or maybe you admire them already. I would guess that there is some sense of, like, knowing about each other. Wow. I'm really confused then. (laughs) You're like, wow, that really doesn't help at all. (laughs) Okay. There are two guys that I just ended it with. One of them I'm more sad about than the other one. One I can't be with because he's for a lot of reasons. The other one just felt like more of a better fit for me because personality wise, he has certain traits that I like, but like he was wasting my time. And with him, it was more like I ended it like a day or two ago. Um, so then that's probably where the swords come from. Then the justice one. I mean, all the cards, the three cards you show me right now, when I read my own cards, I get those pretty often. Really? So like, yeah. Oh, interesting. I love that. Mm, I don't know. I think that I think that the person might have already been married and like, but it's not in a like a gross way. Should we like just in case maybe do pile two? I've already I've comboed them. Okay, there. But do you have enough? If you have one more question, we can do one more question. Okay. And if pile two needs to tell us something, it will reemerge. If it's about love, then my question is, do I go back to the past? Do I regress? <laughs> do I do the opposite of growing? Do I go backwards? Yeah, do I, um, <laughs> my question is then, um, what is the future? What does the future hold with my career? Okay. That's a really good one. So shifting gears from romance to career. Yeah, because I'm not happy with the romance questions. I don't understand. I feel like I'm confused. So I, lo- I just rather focus on my career. Well, romance questions, very easy answers for you, which is take away anyone who's wasting your time so that when you meet the person who is like really very available and ready to show up and he's like, oh, are you fucking around with other people? You're going to be like, no, I'm not. And then he's going to be like, okay, she's really serious. The person yeah. who is serious does not is not going to tolerate like fuck boys being in the picture. That's what the romance answer is. Okay. And yeah. I think that they are waiting. Like, they can't tell if you're serious or not about being yeah. serious, you know? Okay. But should I ask if it's someone I know? My I future partner it's, or you are? It's someone who you both... It's either he knows you or you know him, but it's not like deep. It's not like you know each other. It's You would only know each other, know of each other, or it's peripheral. Okay. It's not okay. someone who's in your life right now is the point. Okay. Um, okay. So what, what's, what's happening with my career? How, where's it okay. progressing? What do we need to know about your career, next steps, next direction? Oh, this card just hopped out. Ooh, nine of cups. You okay. are, this is really very fabulous. So it looks like you are in the final stages of finishing up something that's going to um, begin a whole new journey for you. And it's really about like dotting all of your I's and crossing your T's and making sure everything is ready to launch because you're not you haven't done it yet, but you're on the precipice of doing it. And once it does, it's going to be a really big change and transformation for your career. Okay, but it's like like you just have to make sure that everything is ready, like, you know, go around and like make sure like, okay, what's going on in all these nine cups, you know, like everything filled, everyone good or is everything where it needs to be in order for this to come into the world? Yeah, Okay. well, I'm in the end of launching my shop, relaunching my online shop, Daddy's Shop, and I'm also rebranding my podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then just like keep doing those little details and then it's going to unearth even more opportunities. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I hope that this was more uh, illuminating than confusing, (laughs) but you know, we're dealing with the, uh, the metaphysical stuff, so it could be a little bit of both. So where can our listeners find you? Where can we connect with you? What should we be looking out for? What's that nine of cups energy we should be anticipating? 
Um, everyone can find me on my personal Instagram, Viola Benson, my meme account at daddy issues underscore, or my podcast, you try to be crazy available on every platform and new episodes every Thursday. And I'm planning on rebranding that. So I'm really excited for that. Cause I just got a new team. And then, um, my shop is launching hopefully by the end of July. Um, it's going to be shop daddy issues and i'm really excited for it um so yeah i I can't wait yay thank you so much thank you so much for having me